0: All right, let's get down to it with our panel. Every weekday afternoon here on The Oakley Show at this time, we get our panelists together for topics worthy of discussion. Joining us yet again, regular on Wednesdays, Dan Moulton, consultant at Crestview Strategy, a former advisor in the McGinty and Wynn governments, and a whole lot more. Danny, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, John. How about you?
0: Likewise, fine, thanks. Ginny Roth is with us, senior consultant at Crestview Strategy. I should point out, you are a public affairs agency. Appreciate you coming in, Ginny.
2: Absolutely. Good to be here.
0: Good to have you. And David Sparrow, debuting. David Sparrow is a National President of ACTRA, the Film and TV Actors Union in Canada. He's run federally for the NDP, municipally here in Toronto, and done a whole lot more. But David, it's good to see you in here. Thank you.
3: It's a pleasure to be here, John.
0: You know, as the uh, head of ACTRA, I gotta ask, because uh, there's been some acting going on in (laughs) the conservative ranks. They've got (laughs) a new news network. I don't know if they've actually uh, signed any union affiliation or not, Uh, but uh, (laughs) the news is being delivered from a conservative perspective, and this is the sound of the first video that came out yesterday.
1: Since his inauguration on June 29th, Premier Ford has been off to the races, literally. The (laughs) Premier met with Prime Minister Trudeau, Mayor Tory, laid out his agenda during the throne speech, met with Canada's premiers in New Brunswick, shook hands with Ontario's police college grads. And the Premier traveled to Perry Sound to thank those battling forest fires across the province.
0: There you go. That's the Ontario News Network on Twitter. And about 53,000 people, according to the Globe and Mail, have uh, already seen it, accessed it. 17,000 more on Facebook. And the question then, uh, because it's become contentious that somehow they're doing an end run around legacy media. Uh, Donald Trump's done that as well with his own Twitter feed. I don't know how he's got 83,000, or 83 million rather... <laughs> Uh, followers, 83,000 on a bad day. So let me ask you, Sparrow, first off, I mean, uh, going around the legacy media, The Globe and Mail uh, in an editorial was rather critical of this, suggesting it shows an inferiority complex and uh, all the rest of these things. What do you make of
3: it? I might not go that far, but I would say that uh, there's all kinds of alternative media, and folks are uh, learning how to discern between what is uh, well-researched and well-presented media and what is more just... uh, an entertainment of some kind and i think in this case disguising it as news is a little unfortunate and uh, however it's not so different than any kind of ongoing report card that you get from any uh, particular government
0: about what they're doing and that's what the people want to know about all right well and again further to the globe's critique they call it propagandistic how <laughs> do uh, you yeah, see it jenny the
2: pearl clutching of the legacy media is a little bit silly here i mean i get why they want to defend the status quo because it's in their interest in their failing industry i mean i understand their motivations but I just don't think people are buying it. The, the idea of marketing directly to your voters, your constituents, the people you need to communicate with, is not new. People have been doing it forever. The liberals have been buying you know, wraps around Metro newspapers since they've been handing them out at subway stations. So uh, I think it's a bit rich.
0: All right. So it's not fake news, Dan. It's kosher to do. I guess there is another question there if it's being funded by taxpayers' dollars. Is it problematic?
1: Well, I, I don't. Uh, look, I, I think we've seen the Fords try this before. They had uh, the late mayor and Doug Ford had their television program on Sun News Network where it was kind of a laughable effort and no one really watched it. I think we've seen this attempted before this idea of creating your own news channel. It'll fail. What's, what's concerning, I think, is how it's wrapped up in this broader challenge. We saw Doug Ford in the campaign hiring supporters to come out to events and you know, platform oh, the crowd. for did not. We've seen PC paid taxpayers staffers in the back of news conferences clapping and cheering for the premier to sort of create this air of support and so it kind of has this gross feel to it and so i think wrapped <laughs> up in all of that it it makes me feel uncomfortable
2: just oh, as a taxpayer it makes me feel uncomfortable and
3: then i'm always wondering about this concept now where politicians always have to be talking to their base is it frankly Rob Ford is uh, or Doug Ford, excuse me, yep. Doug Ford is new in office. It's time for him to reach out to the rest well, of the his people. His base is who pretty big. The guy won
2: a majority government. Well, abs-
3: absolutely, But my my point is, is that we're always focusing on the idea of talking to the base and trying to keep the base. How about trying to widen your your efforts and and win more people to your plan and educate mm. the rest of Ontarians about what it is you intend to do on behalf of people? Sparrow, it's still early.
0: The guy's been there a <laughs> what, a month and a week.
2: Also, the content of that video. He's talking meeting with the prime minister. That's pretty good general, repealing to a broad-based, not even his voters, just average Ontarians about what they expect of their premier. And, I mean, he's got a lot to talk about because he's taking a lot of action. I mean, this is a guy that's tabled bills, that brought the House back in the middle of the summer, that's doing meetings, that's making announcements. I mean, you can't say that this guy's not uh, being pretty serious about taking steps forward from a policy perspective. I think
1: it's all well and good, John, to be communicating with the public and, you know, trying to reach out across the partisan divide. I just think calling it the Ontario News Network is sort of the mm. really eerie part of the whole thing. Eerie, call, you know. Call it something. Call it something that's a bit more, uh, you know, focused on uh, communications channels for the government. I'm fine with that. I think that's great. Tell the people about the things you're doing. Uh, we want to hear, and I think most people would say they want to hear more from the government about what they're doing. Just don't try and wrap it up like you've got some fake news sort of thing going on. I think that that makes me uncomfortable. I guess yeah. I
2: just give people a bit more credit. I think that they can discern between what's what the government is communicating with them directly and what is being trained. Transmitted through, you know, legacy media. You almost uh, said, said that, that, that without one. smiling, too. <laughs> I give people really a lot good. of
1: credit. I put them,
0: uh, put them pretty high. But you know what you said? It's intriguing because I did take some calls in hour one, and uh, one call in particular was poignant where he said effectively, the CBC has been the house organ for the Liberal Party of Canada, so uh, where's the problem with Doug Ford going this route? And that's even uh, a more <laughs> you sinister... You want to talk about pearl clutching? A, Come on. A, a more sinister way of doing things uh, You know, when you've got a slant in uh, the mainstream media to the left. I guess that's the point. I think
2: there's a genuine view the mainstream media have not given the Ford family a fair shake, and I don't think it's unfair. Uh, and so I think there's a lot of sympathy to say, well, this guy's got to communicate somehow, and he can't trust mainstream media outlets to take him seriously because they've mocked him and his family, uh, despite the fact that he's been successful with voters uh, and that he and his family have, have all been successful with voters. So I think that there's an embedded sympathy in understanding why he would want to take sort of non-traditional routes to communicating with people.
1: I think conservatives, especially conservative, partisan conservative governments, love to play the victim here. They love to play the, oh, the media, they're so mean to us. I, You know, I worked as a, a communications uh, team member in the Liberal government for years. Some of the hardest questions, some of the hardest attacks came from people like Mike Crawley at the C B C who were great journalists and did their work and came at us really with really tough questions uh, and wrote sometimes really upsetting stories for me and my bosses, but that's what the media's job is. And so I think conservatives just love to play the victim and point the finger at the quote unquote liberal media because it's convenient.
3: And, to and be clear, I think when you look at the media continues
2: to do their job. The press gallery aren't out of work these days. They're doing just fine.
3: And when you look at the CBC, I think there's no question that the news arm of the CBC is a trusted and reliable uh, legacy news source, uh-huh. and that they are not um, too biased in one direction or another. They present all kinds of very good.
2: Uh, hey, I was uh, on news. I was on CBC News on election night in Ontario, and it was an interesting conversation. But these, you know, broadly speaking, mainstream media, CBC aside, uh, these are people who just did not believe that uh, the majority of people in a majority of provinces in Ontario will be turning their back, for example, on, a, on a price on carbon. And look where we've ended up. I mean, I think there was some incredulity there. And I think if you really want to understand how people think, you can't trust the filter of mainstream
3: media. But this is an interesting concept in terms of how people think. We're in very populist times. I mean, you've got Bodie McBoatface and Brexit and (laughs) Donald Trump (laughs) and all these uh, votes that are basically taking place uh, by the public. Populism is replacing uh, sober
0: thought, perhaps, on, on well, many occasions. I mean, can you say that if, I mean, look, the sober thought. Uh, <laughs> you've got more than just the places that you've cited. You've got Austria, Italy. I mean, all these countries in Europe are turning to that route as well. So there's, isn't that a global movement taking place? Mm-hmm. And,
3: and it may well be. The question is, is it is in the best interests of humanity? Is it in the best interests of the global uh, economy? Uh, perhaps not. Why do you uh, think
0: so many people are feeling disenfranchised?
3: that's that's actually a great uh, a great question is people are feeling disenfranchised or so uh, people do want change uh, people want to have uh, more uh, tools at their disposal in order to build great lives and they're feeling like they they can't do that. Uh, these are these are tough questions. The the but they're not
2: that tough. I mean, Doug Doug Ford knows the answer. He knows that when you say we should price carbon, uh, because oh, the big businesses can handle it, and 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 that's you know it's going to save our, our environment. Even though Canada's emissions will have no meaningful impact on world emissions, Doug Ford says no people can't pay that much more to fill their car with gas the average person who doesn't have a subway line on where they live, they can't can't afford it.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, Jenny, and he certainly tapped into something there, but I I think the challenge with people like Doug Ford and certainly Republican politicians in the States is they're tapping into an anger of disenfranchisement, people feeling on the economic fringe, and it's not conservative policies that cut and burn public services and reduced access that people have to opportunity that's gonna solve those problems. So that's where I think Doug Ford's gonna get it wrong, and I think in four years, he's certainly gonna find
0: that
2: out. Well, we'll
0: see what the voters think. Well, we will, as a matter of fact, uh, there's another issue that Doug Ford was central to, and obviously uh, it's been a lightning rod of sorts in the last number of days. I wanted to put it to the panel. That's uh, cutting the council numbers in half. And if this is something that uh, was betraying a process or damn the uh, torpedoes, he made the right call. We'll find out in a moment. Dan Moulton, David Sparrow, Jenny Roth on The Oakley Show. More topics worthy of discussion in a moment on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: The Premier met with Prime Minister Trudeau. Mayor Tory, laid out his agenda during the throne speech, met with Canada's premiers in New Brunswick.